Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. We are going to be discussing the book Set by Alessa Thorne. It is going to be an After Dark episode, so we will be talking about sex, specifically sex with God. So I will be talking about our characters, and Marissa will do our plot this week. So first we have Set Akam. He is the god of war and chaos. He was also known as the god of protection and love. Because of this, he's very powerful, and he has some special powers like shape-shifting. He is currently working as a mercenary. He is described as having thick black hair and golden eyes, and of course, he's very muscular. Then we have Kadir Ayed. He's Set's boss. He is currently in jail for being a crime lord, but he basically runs the jail. Uh, he is... Um, he smuggles cocaine into Cairo and has many secrets. We have Abasi. He's Kadir's second in command. He has been tasked with finding the mole in this book. Ayla Nilas, Kadir's secret daughter and love interest, uh, and Seth's love interest, um, but she doesn't know who her father is. She's a doctor for a nonprofit group. Um, her mother recently died of breast cancer, and she is described as having brown hair and hazel eyes. Musa Omar, he is the bad guy in this. He is the leader of a rival syndicate known as the Adder. He orders the kidnapping of Kadir's daughter. We talk a little bit about Nephis. This is Set's ex-wife. She cheated on Set with Osiris. We have Bologna. She's the Roman goddess of war. And finally, we have Thoth. 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 I said it right the first time. I don't know why I want to keep saying it like sloth. Finally, we have Thoth, Set's nephew. He is also a god and sorcerer himself. There are a couple locations. We have Duat. It's the land of judgment and darkness in the afterlife. And we have Nakata is Set's home village city. Uh, it's where his temple is. And he converted his temple into a very fancy house. And then we also see a little bit of Cairo and Alexandria in this book. All right, Marissa, would you like to do the plot? You bet. So our story begins with Set Akam, who's Cairo's mercenary, being tasked with finding and protecting his boss's daughter, Ayla, before his rival, Musa, is able to find and harm her. Ayla was Kedare's best kept secret, uh, but a mole has discovered her existence, and now she's in danger of becoming collateral damage. Ayla Nilos, a doctor for Panacea, has no idea that her father is uh, Kadir Ayad. And so when she is kidnapped and questioned about cocaine shipments, she has no idea what's going on. Her savior, Set, finds her and rescues her from Musa's men. But with a bounty on Ayla's head, they have no choice but to flee. While escaping, Ayla is taken by the police who plan to give her to Musa and set unleashes power that no ordinary human could have. 
Ayla discovers that Set is actually the Set, the Egyptian god of war and chaos. They escape to the Nile, but are discovered within a day when they stop at a short at a port for supplies. Set feels a desperate need to protect Ayla as something about her pulls at his soul or his caw. Uh, he decides that taking her to Cairo will be too dangerous and opts instead to take her to his home, which is a well-kept secret in Nakata. While Set wants the world to think that he's a cruel killer, Ayla begins to suspect that he's actually a really great being and her suspicions are confirmed when she meets the people of Nakata and learns that Set has placed wards around the town to protect them from bandits. Uh, he allows the community to use his garden. He had solar, solar panels installed for the townspeople. So he likes to give off a tough edge, but he's a good guy. Uh, her attraction toward him grows and Set who has felt drawn to Ayla since the moment he met her, worries that he may be falling for her. Abasi, Kadir's right-hand man, calls Set to find out where they are because the threat to Musa, uh, the threat with Musa remains and Set gets frustrated with Abasi for not wanting to get his hands dirty and deal with the threat himself. And so Set uses his, good, his god powers to destroy Musa's compound and rescues some women who had been kept there against their will. Set returns to his home in Nakata, but struggles to release all of his godly power after all of the bloodshed. And so Ayla is able to coax him back into himself and they share a passionate moment. Now, it seems that destroying Musa is not enough though. Abasi continues to call Set regarding Ayla and her safety and he wants to set guards on her. Um, despite Set guaranteeing that there's literally no safer place for her to be. Um, and now he's bothered with the mess that Set has created in destroying Musa. And so Set's feelings for Ayla have grown much deeper and he'll do anything to keep her safe. And he begins to hope to keep her with him. And so he resolves to finish up his business with his boss and move on uh, from his entanglements with the drug lord. And so fed up, with Abasi and Kadir, he leaves Ayla in his home and goes to Cairo to sort out this business. But when he arrives, Kadir has no idea what Set is talking about. He assumed that everything was fine with Ayla being in Set's care and is pleased with how he handled Musa. And so it becomes glaringly obvious that they have been betrayed by someone much closer to both of them than they realized. Meanwhile, in Nakata, while Set is gone, a helicopter with armed men arrives, demanding the townspeople give Ayla to them. Initially, they resist, but she turns herself over to them when they start harming the townsfolk. And so Ayla is kidnapped again. What will happen next? Who has betrayed them? Will Set and Ayla be reunited? Spoilers abound. If you want to know, keep listening or read the book. It's really great. So Marissa, this was your first read, right? This was my first read too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like it? I did like it. This is a different sort of story. I mean, I feel like we all went through a Greek mythology phase. Maybe not. I could be generalizing. I went through a heavy Greek mythology phase when I was younger and it never really left. So I feel sort of well aware of a lot of the Greek myths, but uh, I 
not very well aware or educated about any of the Egyptian gods or myths surrounding that culture. And so it was really interesting to read a book featuring some of that, that perspective or that, that in mythological involvement. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. So not only because it was a completely different mythology than we normally see, right? So we very rarely see, at least I've read is rarely outside of like Greek and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, we, there's been some like um, Chinese mythology, I think that we've read a little bit, but Even a little like Nordic. I mean, that's yeah. really like become more popular with the Thor movies. Right. Yeah. So with this, you, you don't really see Egypt, um, Egyptian mythology um, out there like that. I knew a little bit of it because I had to do like way, way back when, like in like middle school, I remember having to do some sort of research or presentation on Osiris. Yeah. So I remembered a little bit about Set and his role and like what happened to Osiris. Um, so when I started, I was like, oh, um, otherwise that was it. That was the extent of my knowledge on this starting. So I really enjoyed getting a completely different mythology, mm-hmm. um, to it. And I just overall really enjoyed the book. It was funny. It, it was, was funny. Really funny. <laughs> so it was really enjoyable. Agreed. I feel like the extent of my knowledge of this type, I like the mummy that Brendan <laughs> the mummy is going to be the extent of my <laughs> that's pathetic we should know more but we should we really don't know I don't know if it's just culture in general it's always been like oh yeah Greek mythology definitely because I too I had you know tons of Greek mythology books and stuff like that but you know nothing for right (laughs) yeah and so because of that I have no preconceptions or anything about what to expect from this book which is kind of nice I mean you know like going into a Hades Persephone retelling kind of what to expect mm-hmm. or even something with like Zeus you pretty much automatically expect him to be a womanizing bad guy I mean yep relative term bad guy um but yeah no expectations going into this so it was kind of nice to go to go in it with that perspective I I wonder, so this author, her first series covered Greek myth, Mm -hmm. the Court of the Underworld series, and now she's doing a series on Egyptian myth. I wonder if she has plans to explore like Roman mythology or Nordic mythology or any other. I hope she does. I would be interested in reading those books. Me too. Um... Yeah, because she calls this like, it's a whole, oh, it is called, because it's, it's all part of the same series. Yeah. Right. This, she lumps this in with the um, Hades and Persephone. Yeah. Um, and all of those that books. Syrian. Yeah. But it's, uh, oh, the God's universe. Yeah. The God's universe. She, she introduces a Roman goddess in this book, which makes me wonder if that's where things are going down the road. Yes, I would love to see more of her. Yeah, Bologna. already. Bologna. Bologna. Yes. Bologna. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see more of her just from like their one phone call and a little bit of information on it. Yeah. I would like Lose. to see her. Loser has to fight naked. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Those are some interesting stakes. 
I would not want my dangly bits exposed in battle. <laughs> no. Definitely I mean, I guess not. if you're a god, they probably go grow back, but still. Set is just a snarky little snarky man. Yes, I loved that. Like right <laughs> off the bat, when she's like, Who are you? And he's like, I'm your knight in shining armor. Yes. And then when she isn't like, you know, super thankful or whatever, he goes, The words you're looking for are thank you. <laughs> and they have this like great, they have like great banter and flirting and stuff. And so she says something about like him not being her type. And he goes, I'm everyone's type. Mm-hmm. It's great because people used to like carve his name into like love spells or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She makes a comment about being wildly inappropriate. And he says, trust me, you'll know when I decide to get wildly inappropriate with you. I'm like, okay. Can you get wildly inappropriate with me? Because <laughs> you sound like a fun guy. God. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I know. I was like, he's this, the dialogue in this between so many of the characters was just great. Yes. Uh, I really enjoyed it. He's a cute little flirty pants and I like he it. Is. And I feel like that's different from maybe some of the, well, no, Hermes was kind of this way, like a little playful, right? Yes. Yeah. So in her, in the, the books in the, so the court of the underworld series, she covers Hades and Medusa and Asterion and Hermes and Karen and Erebus and some other people. Anyway, there, I mean, a lot of those gods take themselves pretty seriously, but Hermes was really playful. And I thought of Hermes several times while I was reading this book. And I don't know if it was just because Set reminded me of him, but Thoth, when Thoth comes in later in the book, I was also like, oh, you're kind of like Hermes too. Yes. I'm going to read Thoth's book because he was great. Um, Yeah, so we're so used to seeing, like, I think broody males. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my dark past. Uh, And while Set. I'm so damaged. Yes. And while Set does have a little bit of this because, you know, he had, there's that like kind of flashback between um, the last conversation he had with Nephthys when she told him that like nobody would love him. So he does have a little bit of that. He's really, he's still sassy and funny and flirty. Yeah. Um, Not, not as broody as we're used to, I think. Yeah. Which was refreshing. It is refreshing. We've had a lot of broody males recently and it's nice to find one with a, a, a sense of humor. Thoth though. I, the name, I just, I want to say, first off, I want to say, Huh? You want to say Thoth. Right. So when I read it, the first thing, not even Thoth, it was like Toth, I think is how I originally, like, I knew there was an extra H, but then I'm like trying to practice. I'm like, okay, that's definitely not his name. Right. So then it's, I'm thinking Thoth, right. But it's not, it's Thoth. Well, according to the internet, there's about six ways you can say (laughs) his name. So they might all be correct. We're doing our (laughs) best. We're doing doing what we can do. (laughs) We tried. We I YouTubed pronunciation videos. We're doing our best. But I loved him. Uh, and especially his interaction between um him and Set. So at some point, Set says to him, Oh, you're a good friend. And that just goes, fuck you, Set. (laughs) It's just this like cute back and forth that they have where like sets all 
like it makes me think he's so like happy and you know yeah, he's like the fun playful. one yeah it's playful and both is just there like Ugh, this again <laughs> sort of like, I have things to do I was in the middle of a hunt yes he's <laughs> great yeah reading this uh really made me want to go back and read war by Laura Thalassa oh yeah I kept getting war vibes when I was reading this one as well so yeah I can see that I feel like war though like Laura Thalassa's war was much more serious he was but he was still a sweetie that's true that's true he was serious he was I feel like pretty nonverbal. yeah he did like there was a lot of grunty communication (laughs) there was when she's first kidnapped and it's so it's near the beginning of the book when she's first kidnapped and they're in the safe house she talks about how she like has to take off her bra and wash it out and hang it up because a sticky sweaty bra is disgusting which I think is a feeling that every breast owner here can relate to right yes it's a bad feeling but then they have to make a quick escape uh, because they've been tracked and set wakes her up and it's like we gotta go and she says i need my bra and he says you need boots more and she says i can't run without either tits man gosh (laughs) (laughs) like that's that is also the struggle (laughs) yeah and I read that and I was like, wow, that's relatable. That is okay. Mm-hmm. You try running in, in boobs and <laughs> <laughs> the flapping and the flailing. It just is not going to work in a quick escape. So, no. And it's like painful too. It's it is. It hurts. Like, yeah. It is like a jarring. The effects of gravity are amplified by a hundred. I don't know. I wonder if men experience something similar with their testicles. Are they bouncy? Is there like a testicle bounce when they run? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's a question for the testicle <laughs> owners. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Ayla, after being rescued and kidnapped a couple of times, like goes into shock. And to get her, you know, shake her out of it, Set kisses her. And it seems like this is used really frequently as a thing to get women to settle down as you kiss them. Is this actually an effective technique? Do you think this would work on you if you were like mid panic attack and someone came at your face? Would you be like, oh, a distraction? I would not appreciate it. I think I probably would be stunned for a second and uh-huh. then I'd be like upset for a whole what other reason, <laughs> right? Like it would be like 10 seconds of me like processing what just happened. So yeah, okay. I'd stop for whatever I was being hysterical about, but like only for a short amount of time. And then I'm going to be upset about the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> like. So then it may be somewhat effective if you stop panicking and then you're just pissed off. Oh, we can go from here. Yeah. Or you're just pissed off and panicking. That's it. Maybe it's two because you can have more than one feeling at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I. It seems like this gets used a lot. Maybe just in romance novels. I don't know. Uh, and every time, does this actually work? I've never been in this situation. 
Yeah. I need to put myself in a panic inducing situation, <laughs> have someone kiss me and see how I respond for science. Okay. Hypothetically, how do you think you would react? Not well. Right. <laughs> I don't think I would be, I don't think I would appreciate it. I don't know. It depends. Is it Henry Cavill? It's going to change the situation. If Geralt of Rivia is doing it to me, I'd be like, all right, where do we go from here? <laughs> so, Have another panic attack. So he has to kiss you again. Yes, yeah. Oh, I still feel kind of panicked. Uh, <laughs> better, better distract me here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would respond well. It's around this time as well, where she gets kidnapped again by the police and set like uh, flips a motorcycle is doing like hopscotch on tops of cars or something and then cuts the car in half I think with his giant god sword like how how does anyone not know that he's a god right how do you come across that scene (laughs) later on be like oh that's just uh Wait, what, what do you even like attribute that to? Yeah. How would you even logically, and you know? How do you rationalize that? There's yeah. no way. <laughs> There's no way. So I don't know. I just, how does anyone not know he's a God? Because he talks about how the people in his town in Akata and Kadir are the only people who know. And I just, How? And then later he murders over a hundred people at Moose's compound. No ordinary human could do that. Yeah. And a bossy is like kidnaps um Ayla. Uh-huh. And she's like, he's gonna come get you. And he's like, ah, I'll be fine. He's just a dog <laughs> with a gun. Yes. And she's like, Did you not see what happened to the other dude? Like, what what do you think happened? Yeah. I love that scene too. So he he kidnaps her and she just laughs in his face. Yes. Laugh like literally laughing aloud at him mm-hmm. and how ignorant he is. I, I love it. She's, oh, I like our, I like our heroine. She's very, she's pretty sassy too. Yeah. (laughs) She was good. She handled her situation very well, I think. Yes. I, I certainly would not have handled it the same way. Oh, Hey, by the way, your dad is crime Lord and everybody wants you dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, dude. Okay. I'm just gonna go swim in the Nile. <laughs> Explore your <laughs> your crypt in your library. Come get me when the threat's gone away. Yeah. It was crazy to me though in the book how bothered she was that a bossy never tried to make contact with her and said a couple of times is he says. You know, this is probably the best thing he did for you was not trying to be in your life. And she's so salty. Like, I get it. Your dad basically abandoned you, but you'd probably be dead already if he had tried to be involved. Right. Well, I think she has some just issues in general, maybe with her parents. parents yes, absolutely. Both has, of them. Yeah. And so it's, it's a lot to process in a short period of time. 
Yeah, it is. It's been like five days. <laughs> yeah. Because um, her mom is something so, I think it's so awful. So her other dies of breast cancer, but she doesn't, tell. she pretends that she's in remission, mm-hmm. sends her daughter away, you know, because it's her dream job that she got and everything, and then dies, right? Like has conversations with her and everything over the phone, pretending to be totally fine. So she is, you know, no idea what's going on. And then, you know, she just gets a phone call being like, Hey, your mom's dead. And it's like, what? Yeah. That's awful. I'd be furious and just heartbroken. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, Ayla's feelings here are totally valid. That's just very upsetting. Her mother was dishonest with her. And then she finds out that she's been dishonest with her about several things including her father and so her feelings are are totally valid in being upset with both of her parents certainly but especially that situation with her mom is awful and like I get her mom didn't want to well I don't know ruin her dreams or something but if she knew that she was dying I feel like your dreams can wait Mm -hmm. a few days or weeks to be with your dying parent I feel like there are, uh, there's more about that, that story that I want to know that I didn't feel like was answered in the book. So Ayla is frustrated one because her mom has breast cancer and all of the medical bills. Uh, but two, her dad, she feels like abandoned them. Then we find out from a bossy First, hold on. Let's scale back to that. Our bad guy is like an accountant. I feel like that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we find out that through a bossy that uh, her dad, Kadir, has been paying her mom's medical bills. They were covered. And then we find out at the very end, Set asks him if he had stayed in contact with Ayla's mother and he's like yeah totally I want to know more about that I feel like that was sort of an unresolved thing um what like what degree was their involvement while she was still alive and and things like that it just feels one of my biggest criticism or really only criticism of this book is that it's so short yeah, it felt there are parts that feel a little rushed to me. Like I wanted to know. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I think the book total, including the like uh pre or not prequel, the sneak peek, right, at the next book, it's only 165 pages, which is very, very short. I think it's very short to have to resolve everything that was brought up. I mean, and there's so much material to work with, you know, with like set meaning this ancient Egyptian god you know, all of his backstory, all of her backstory. It's just, there's a lot. I mean, this could have easily been like a 400 page book because she really went into depth and stuff with it, which would have been a lot, I guess, but there was a lot to work with. Yeah. You had a ton of stuff to work with and it's still, it was still very enjoyable. Oh yeah. It was definitely. um, I loved it, but it felt rushed to me. I wanted to know more about uh, 
her mom's relationship with her dad that could have been expanded on. And then I also wanted to know, and this is just because I like to hurt a little bit when, when my characters have been hurt, but I would have loved to know more about set and his baggage and his history with his ex-wife, because we get introduced to it really briefly. He explains kind of how they had their falling out, but, and he has a few of these little flashback moments where he's remembering things that Nephthys said to him that were hurtful. And I feel like those were opportunities where the flashback could have been explored a little bit more. He could have talked about the way that he was feeling at that time or where he was at in his life when she said those things to him, because it's obviously affecting him. It obviously affects him in the way that he feels and even the way he approaches his relationship with Ayla, because he's afraid of her abandoning him. Right. And I feel like that would have been a good opportunity to draw in more emotional depth that we could have used to relate to our hero a little bit more. And also to have a greater understanding of the pain that he felt when he was betrayed by his ex-wife and the hurtful things that he said, she said to him. Um, I would have liked to see more too of just um, that scene where they're in uh, Duat right Mm -hmm. is it's very short i would like to see that a little bit longer you know more conversation i guess between osiris and um set and thoth nope yes um like just to see more of that interaction you know um yeah it's pretty short i mean i loved it i all i want is more yeah, exactly. That's really, yeah, that's the main issue is that it was short and we could have, yeah, I would have loved for that. I would have more. loved to read more. Or even more about like to what Set did, you know, when he was God, like he references all of these like things that he did, like, oh yeah, I was the God of War, but then he also talks how he was previously the God of like love and protection too. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked, you know, just more stories or insight. I mean, yeah, into this that. would have been like a good flashback moment, yeah. right? We could have been like literally taken back in the story into Set's like confrontation with Osiris when his wife cheated on him with her. Uh, mm-hmm. That would have drawn in some emotional depth or exploring his uh, previous roles or additional roles, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Or even how he became, so they mentioned this a couple of times, how he wasn't always the god of war and chaos. He was a protector and he was someone that uh, was important for like some love symbolism. And he, they mentioned how he just kind of fell into his role as the god of war. Uh, we could have explored how he fell into that role. I would like to see that. Okay. What made him become the person that he is now? Yeah. Besides just being pissed that his wife cheated on him with his dirtbag mm-hmm. sibling. One thing that I enjoy about this actual series, right? So it's the God set. Is that what she called it? I said, oh, um, it's all in the same universe as Hermes and Hades and all of them. It's all set in the same universe. And it's referenced back uh, when she's talking to me like, oh, why aren't you like out there as a God? Why are you hidden? And he's like, well, I'm not like Hades. You know, I don't need to be flashy or in the center of attention or anything like that. And I love that tie-in. I also really like that the way that she has 
death, I guess, set up in this. So it sounds like whichever one you believe in or wherever you're born, right, is where you end up, right? So it's mentioned when Ayla dies that she could have gone either to the underworld or to Duat, right? So Thoth is like, how do you even know that's where she is? And I like that idea, mm-hmm. you know, in general. And I think it's a good setup and a good system to have in general if we're gonna do afterlives. Um, I like that with it because I was wondering myself when I started reading this book how how that was gonna work if it's in the same universe. You know, we've established the underworld is a real place, so and Duat is a real place. So where do people go in the story? Ayla, when she discovers that Set is a god, she's like, well, since I know you're a god, I'm going to ask you all the questions about gods that I have because I want to know when, how often do you get to talk to one, which to be honest, I think we would all do, right? Yes. Yeah. And so she's, you know, I'm reading this book to start with and I'm thinking, why the heck would a god be working for like a crime lord in Cairo because that sounds like a crap job Uh, but it turns out it's because he's bored which is fair I suppose when you are you know eons old the things that you enjoy and the things that you do to to stay entertained likely change right um so it's like oh that makes sense but then she asks him some more questions and he starts talking about Hades, like you mentioned a second ago. And he's like, uh, because I don't want to be harassed and I have no interest in building an empire again. It's too much work. Okay. He just wants a career change and to be left alone, which I feel like is pretty much everybody at this point. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So I find Set to be very relatable. <laughs> yes. Well, the thing that confused me a little bit about him, like having a boss sort of, was that he's also referred to as a mercenary. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so he picks his jobs. So that means like one day he could work for um, Kadir and the next day he could work for um, Musa, mm-hmm. right? Depending on if he picks the jobs. And so he's, he says at some point like oh she's so off limits so off limits but it's like once you finish the job why would she be also you're a god so why is anything off limits to you yeah he says at another point that Kadir would murder him if he knew the thoughts that he was having about his daughter and thinking do you care you're the god of war (laughs) you can do what you want (laughs) it's not the best (laughs) I mean it's not but honestly like he yeah. do what he wants so mm-hmm. and he just has these this like arbitrary code of honor set upon him which I think goes into you know him talking about how he's he like he wants everyone to think he's a bad guy who <laughs> just murders people and embraces chaos but he's super sweet yeah, I found it interesting that he would like still consider himself needing to answer to somebody else given his title and his position. But maybe he likes having that type of structure, having someone to kind of give him things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like he comes off as like 
the super pushy kind of dominant God of War, but I definitely feel like he, I don't know, submissive is not the right word, but I feel like he really enjoys that type of structure. Maybe he talks about Ayla being super bossy, but he's really into it. And he is pretty amiable in terms of going along with the things that she wants. So maybe he mm, just likes to please people. Yeah, maybe he's a people pleaser. Maybe. Not in a toxic way, but just in a, like, it gives him purpose. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense, too, if he's, like, the god of protection sort yeah. of people. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, so, I like his character. He's, he's a sweetie. Regarding the protection vibes set really comes through with that in a very very um sexy way uh he destroys a compound and murders a whole bunch of people for her which is terrible obviously because murder is terrible but like how thoughtful is that (laughs) so thoughtful (laughs) it's such your actions are louder than words He just runs in and explodes the place and murders everybody. Yes, which is great because earlier in the book, he does say that he'll do anything to protect her, find her, even if he has to burn Cairo to the ground. And he really, uh, he said it and he was, he did it. Yeah. I mean, I know it's wrong, but that is so hot. (laughs) It's like when Cass ripped out that dude's spine. It's like (laughs) when Matthew from a discovery of witches is threatening to murder everyone that threatens Diana. Mm-hmm. I, it's just something about that. I will murder you if you fuck with what's mine energy that is oh, very hot. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible saying that. If this happened in real life, it wouldn't be a turn on. Be like, no. Oh, I think you need to talk to a counselor. But when it happens in book, I'm like, here for it, daddy. Let's do it. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, but the same thing with books, you know, like when men are all growly and they're like, you're mine. In books, yes. In yeah. real life, mm, red flag. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. yeah. I'm my own. Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> Only okay in books. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, set so we've talked about how set kind of has this baggage and he very early on is attracted to ayla in a, a more than surface level way and he says about her she wasn't only beautiful she was brilliant too an alluring combination he tried to steer clear of and the women he betted to avoid complications so are you only having sex with dumb ugly women <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> what What is the <this> statement? <laughs> I think he's only having sex with dumb women or smart, ugly women. Okay. In combination, it's too much. Yep. Yeah, because they'll figure it out, right? Yeah, they'll figure him out. Mm-hmm. Be understood. And that'll yeah. be good. He'll get his heart broken. That's really what it comes down to. He doesn't want to get his heart broken, which is sweet sad our son's kind of a sensitive guy god not a guy (laughs) being 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's real sweet. You know, he gives off these big bad vibes, but he also uh, shares his garden with his community. Yeah. And he put up wards to protect them from bandits. And like solar panels, right? Solar panels. He set up wards in the Nile so the kids wouldn't get eaten by hippos or crocodiles. Mm -hmm. How thoughtful is that? Right? It's very sweet and kind. And he's just so determined to be this big bad guy. And then also he is really kind to Ayla and he cooks for her and he's just like this very cultured fella he grows his own produce Mm -hmm. collects seeds and he can brew his own beer and he keeps his own bees and he helps people he takes ayla on murder adventures with him so she can help others oh he I just love him. He gives me stay-at-home dad vibes, and I'm ready for it. I want it. It's very cute. It is. I agree. They make the joke several times, or Ayla does, uh, about finding him a new job. Or I guess it's not really a joke. She makes a comment about finding him new a new job, and she's making this list, and she's like, cooking and orgasms are on the list. Yeah. Like, those are legit occupational things and I support this as a career move for him mm. those are both very important and I think he'd be happy with it too I think so too you know I can't can you just see him this super muscle-bound guy with a man bun and the golden tattoos just in his guard pick and peach garden pick and peaches and talking to his bees as he harvests <laughs> honey and in his garage brewing his beer Mm -hmm. see him at the stove at a stove you know yeah shirtless of course shirtless absolutely Mm -hmm. ayla comes home from work after a day of doctoring serving the people and he you know presents her with um i don't like a glass of wine as soon as she comes in the door and then he i don't know eats her out on the kitchen table and and cooks dinner for her yeah it sounds delightful <laughs> the sex in this book is pretty great it is for the most part there was that like one scene where he's like fingering her and they're in the river and it was hot but like I couldn't stop thinking like all the bacteria <laughs> I mean, but it says that he's placed wards on the Nile to purify it so people can drink from it. I mean, I guess. Purified um, water. I get what you're saying, though. The germs. Yeah, the germs. Are always a concern. I think just getting, like, water up there in general isn't healthy, right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why they discourage you from having sex in a pool. But I mean, this is not like, it's not chlorinated water. And that's really where a lot of the issue comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, regularly, you you don't want to be shooting water up in your vagina, but also people masturbate with like shower heads. So that's true. I think a a little bit's probably okay. You don't want to stick a water hose in your vagina. Definitely. (laughs) Douching is not a thing that is encouraged ever anymore. So that's but 
a little fingering and a filtered river. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> I understand what you're saying though. It's hard to separate out with the germs. So our man set is a giver. She always orgasms first and their first sex scene. He, she, like he fingers her to climax and then he eats her out there's some cunnilingus and she climaxes again before there's any like penis and vagina penetration, which is spectacular. Like he's a giver. That's very good. And then uh, she orgasms so hard that her vision blacks out. Get that deity dick girl. Like that's, I've personally never blacked out from an orgasm. So yeah. <laughs> feel like that's something you want to hold on to yep for sure I'd be like okay I live here now yeah (laughs) mine (laughs) yeah um and then after he gets back from slaughtering all of Moose's people and he's covered in his own blood and other people's blood she does this lovely caring thing for him in the shower where she's cleaning him off and then they have sex against a wall. And we've talked about this before. The um, uh, ergonomics is not the word that I'm looking for, but like the safety concerns with being lifted against a wall and having sex. And I feel like if you were positionally going to feel safe with anybody, it would be a God, right? Yep. Yeah. I keep up bringing things that bother me, but like, I really enjoyed all the sex in this book, but there was another issue that I had with it. There's no mention of condoms or birth control. Oh yeah. This gets me in every time, in every book, like in every romance book that I read though, where there's no mention of contraception. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like an immediate turnoff. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so paranoid about being pregnant for so long that <laughs> <laughs> it's ingrained. It I is. <laughs> I'm just there. I'm like, I'm waiting for like the condom or her to say, okay, she's on birth control or him to say, oh, I'm a God. So I can control whether or not, you know, I'm fertile or something. I don't know. Like, you know, I was waiting for something. There was nothing. There was, they didn't address it at all. Right. Well, and especially with her being a doctor, you would think that safe sex would be pretty major concern mm-hmm. you think so yeah speaking of semen you made you made a comment in our notes here about the semen salad oh yeah <laughs> okay so part of the myth or there's one story um where set eats a salad with semen dressing on it right mm-hmm. and she asks him if that's true and his response is, have you tasted semen recently? It's not exactly something you would mistake for a salad dressing and keep eating. But does that mean that he ate some of it? Right? He doesn't flat out deny yeah. that this happened. He dodges the question. So I'm very curious. Maybe he did. He, maybe, maybe he, he did. got a little sample and was like, oh. Can you hear my dog? Yes. <laughs> dog walking down the road. Uh-huh. and there's nothing like wrong with it or anything I guess it's just like answer the question he could have just said well I didn't eat the whole salad <laughs> but I think he definitely dodged that question <laughs> there you go mm-hmm. 
He needs to play a game of never have I ever. Maybe Ayla can organize that. Never have I ever eaten a semen salad. <laughs> yeah. He puts down a finger. We have our answer. Um, let's talk about a bossy. So from the start, I was thinking, oh, maybe not exactly the start, but pretty close to the front end. I was like, it's this guy. Yes, as soon as it said Abasi was um, the only other person that um, Kadir trusted as much as Set, I was like, it's him. He's it's the bad him. guy. Yeah, it's him. Guy. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Set, even Musa is like, dude, it's someone close to you. And Set's like, murder, murder, murder. <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. yeah. And like, so right away like I picked I, I like just I predicted it right away based on that but then like it didn't even get it when he's like you have to tell me where you are I have to send people to you I have to there's he's not like this is suspicious he's just like no I'm gonna do it myself yeah there's no like mention of him being like that's weird maybe he why is he so insistent on this yes yeah uh, why why is he the only one talking to you why is he calling you from Kadir's phone that was suspicious mm-hmm. to me. I mean, also when they're sailing uh, down the Nile and he tells Abasi where they're at and suddenly people are there to murder them. Yeah. Come on. Make a connection. But no, he didn't. Not until the very end. And then Abasi shows up and, well, I guess he doesn't actually show up. He sends his people. And they show up and kidnap her and they take her to his home. Right. That was so dumb. Instead of you being never like, oh. take the kidnap victim to your home. Right. No, you take it to some like weird underground dungeon thing that you bunker in yeah. the desert. Yeah. Nope. Never your house. Just takes them to his mansion. This is what happens when accountants are the bad guy. They lose very quickly. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. I was oh super shocked when he murdered her though. So was I. I was not expecting him to straight up shoot her in the throat. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a second. If this wasn't an Alessa Thorne book and I knew a happy ending was coming, I would have been like, hold on a minute. I am sweating. What just happens? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Same. He's just like, ha, 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 guess I'll just kill her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's he's like, I know I'm not going to make it out of this, so might as well do what I can, you know, like, and shoots her in the throat and yeah. dies. And then set, what is it called when they, because uh, Rezan does this to people in a court of thrones, he just misses them. Is that what it's Oh, yes, miss them. Yeah, mm-hmm. he missed them. My damn dog. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that was pretty badass. Anyway, so then he shoots himself in the head and I like he gives, so Kadir is there and he gives Kadir instructions on like, keep our bodies safe, like watch them. Mm-hmm. And at some point, um, you know, Toth shows up. Yeah, <laughs> keep <laughs> keep commenting. Toth shows up and is like, I have to take these bodies. And Kadir is like, no, I have to watch them. And Toth is like, shut up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to take these. <laughs> yeah. Set shooting himself in the head. Could there was there not another way to do this? Because then Thoth has to 
put his brain matter back together, which is very, brains are complex. Mm -hmm. I, you know, those talks about how he's pissed and irritated and irritable after they resurrect because he's tired. Like that's, I mean, he certainly had his work cut out for him. Brain surgery is intense when the brain hasn't been splattered. Mm -hmm. Reassembling a, yeah, it's just a lot of work. I feel like maybe set could have made it easier on him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so they go to Duat. They have to go through all these doors and things like that. And then they finally meet Osiris. And I, I would really like to, I would have liked more description about their previous interactions because there's some salt in this wound here. Um, but Osiris gives off like... compensating vibes to me okay but here's why um he does not have a penis <gasps> really that's a, at least that's how originally how the story goes set chops him up into little pieces right including yeah. his penis and dumps it all over like in all corners of the world right <laughs> <laughs> and isis right uh-huh. is able to find all of them except for his penis. <laughs> That's harsh. Wow. Yeah. So Yeah. That is um Inter- that explains it. Mhm. That really explains it. All right. So my assessment of small peen vibes were was correct because there's no peen vibes. Okay. There we go. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's hysterical. I had no idea. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know what to say now. <laughs> How do you follow that up? <laughs> All right. I'll talk. I've, I've got something. So <laughs> we've talked before about how being immortal is probably really hard, right? Like people who have lived for, or people like, you know, uh, beings who have lived for a really long time, they always end up being cruel, you know, because they've seen everything. And this is brought up in this book. Um, Set mentions that the gods would go crazy with time. You know, they'd get bored and lazy and this, you know, time all runs together. They have an issue. And so they would either kill themselves or ask to be killed, right? Which I think is what happened, right? Neftis. Mm-hmm. Nephthys, 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 right? She asked that to kill her. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting. So one of the things he says is even an orgy got boring when it was endless. <laughs> I highlighted I that statement. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So Set manages to kind of overcome this, but he's always keeping himself busy, always learning new things, like how to um, garden, like how to brew beer. Um, and which is interesting because it's also what's important in real life. You know, as you get older, you have to keep your mind active. They always yeah. mention reading, they mention doing crossword puzzles, all that sort of stuff, Sudoku, whatever. Um, so, and the final interesting thing about time is he says uh, at the end, like, oh, when was the last time you saw Anubis? And it's like, 4,000 years ago or something like crazy long like that and um 
she's like, how, how have you not noticed something was off? And he's like, time doesn't quite mean the same thing when you're, yeah, when you live forever. So I wonder if Osiris gets bored in the end what then, because he can't leave. He's bound there. Uh, I wonder if he can't brew beer or things like that. Maybe that's why he's so salty. He's bored. So just a point of discussion. You know, Ayla is left alone in Set's house. So he, she does what any of us would do, which is rummage through all of his things and go into his, I don't even know what this room would be, crypt? crypt where you keep your dead bodies like i have that anyway she <laughs> wanders into his crypt <laughs> which is lined with sarcophagi sarcophaguses i don't know the plural um and she runs across this really nice pretty one and she's like oh and so she asks him about it and he's like oh that's nephthys i killed her and put her there and so i just thought how would you feel about your like your boo thing keeping their dead wife's sarcophagus in their base in your basement i think i'd be weirded out but also like what are you supposed to do with it sure you know, yeah like where else do you put it <laughs> what else do you do with it you know i'm not sure i would be jealous because he clearly hates her and he's clearly just kind of like stuck it in the corner with all the other ones like yeah it's nice but he also kind of like put it in the corner you know yeah. like in the basement and you know what do you do with it yeah really so I, you know, how would you feel? I think I would feel weirded out if it was the only sarcophagus in the crypt. I might be a little bit bothered, but she's not the only one down there. He's got some other dead folks in his basement. So right. I guess, yeah, I mean, there's no place else to put her. You can't leave her out by the street. <laughs> yeah. A pyramid, like a, a temple? Did she have a temple? I don't know. But then wouldn't archaeologists just come and dig her up? Freaking archaeologists. Indiana <laughs> Jones would show up and be like, oh, it's Nephthys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wonder if gods do feel protective of things like that. You know, in, in the other books they talked about collecting relics and things like that i wonder if they view archaeologists as their enemies i would love freaking historians <laughs> i would love to hear their thoughts on this because although you know like we know all of these gods are around and stuff and they can tell us about what the past was like there's clearly still archaeologists in this universe because she brings it up at one point um so yeah huh. i wonder how they feel that's a good point. ah maybe she'll address that in another one of her books maybe so if i were god mm -hmm. what i would do is invest in an archaeology program at a university so that I would be aware of all of the findings and could just purchase them or I don't know, purchase the archaeologists maybe. Like, hey, if you find something nice, send it my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does happen to like gold and treasure that archaeologists find? I don't know. Like, cause she mentions there's like a like huge mound of it, basically. Ugh. What do you uh, do with all of that? Um, 
You put it in a warehouse like an Indiana Jones. It's never seen again. That's lame. Yeah. You think you'd get some of it yeah. or something. Oh, I get doubt that the- is what happens. I know. <laughs> I yeah. know, but it's just a way. I don't know what happens with archaeological findings. I'm sure they get cataloged and carbon dated, maybe, depending on what they are, and stuck in a museum. Yeah. And then you pay 40 bucks to look at it for two minutes. <laughs> and plant thing five seconds. Mm-hmm. At the coin. Oh, the look coin. at this coin. This is <laughs> old coin. Next. You want to talk about your favorite quote? Yeah, let's talk about our favorite quotes. So at the end of the book, Thoth resurrects Set and what? Oh, Ayla. He re- he resurrects Set and Ayla, and we we discover, you know, that she probably has a little bit of God in her at this point. She's not just straight up mortal any longer. Um, but you know, they woke up alive and horny. So they, they uh, go to those underground spring things to wash off the honey and the uh, bandages or whatever from where they were resurrected. And, um, well, they have sex. And Set is trying to be a little bit gentle with Ayla. And she says, I died and was resurrected today. If you even think about fucking me soft, I'll fight you. You know, sometimes you just need it hard. And so I like that statement. What about you? So my quote actually comes from a similar part of the book, but another character says it. Um, So Thoth says, if you befoul my pools with your fucking, I'll turn you back into scarabs. (laughs) (laughs) he just had me laughing like everything he said he was just great (laughs) he was um so that yeah i did that (laughs) because if you be foul my pools with your fucking (laughs) all righty uh do you have any final thoughts about this book um just that it was way funnier than i thought it was gonna be um too short and i'm gonna read i definitely uh, we'll read the next one. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I agree. I really enjoyed this book and I look forward to the next one too. I, for this author in general, I look forward to seeing where she goes with this universe and if she's going to pull in extra universes as well, like Nordic mythology or Rome mythology. I think that would be really interesting in terms of directions that she could take things. What would be really cool is wow. if there was like some big bad evil or whatever and all of the mythologies came together oh yeah like a a titan war or something that would be cool that would be cool next week we'll be discussing rabid by raven kennedy and ivy asher it is a wolf shifter romance we're going into some maybe a little bit spooky or more serious things as we move into uh october so we're excited about that and we hope you join us for it thank you for listening thank you for listening to literary quest we hope you enjoyed our episode 
If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.